Hello and welcome to the Three Songs Podcast. This is the October 8th, 2017 edition. Phil Linet. No, it's good to know that you're in the mood to rock and roll tonight. Yeah, Phil Linet. 
That's uh, that's a song called "Ode to a Black Man." That was a live version from the gray old gray whistle test from 1981. Phil Lynott, as you probably know, was better known as the lead singer and bassist for Thin Lizzy, and that's uh, that's a track from his first solo album. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't know if you could make the words out as well on the live version, but, uh, that's a, it's a bit of a burner and, and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a nice protest tune. Um, and it's, it's one, you know, I'm going to do another three songs today that are protest songs. So I don't know if you caught the words, but you know, it's all about, I caught uh, as many as I could. Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, there are people in this town that try to put me down, saying they don't give a damn, but there are people in this town that try to put me down, could never understand a black man. And, yeah, uh, Irishman. Exactly, you know, and yeah. Phil Phil was, uh, he was a little bit unique. I mean, that song's basically, in, you know, and then later in the song he says, uh, I was living on the wrong side, but now I'm here. Uh, and he talks about Martin Luther King and Jimmy and Stevie Wonder and, uh, you know, I mean, Phil was a guy who was playing with a bunch of white dudes playing what many people would call white music and, you know, rock and roll Irishman. Um, but you know, he's very much, he was very much a black man himself. And I think that song years later, I mean, he was in Thin Lizzy for 10 years before he put out that solo record. And I, I think, for lack of a better term, that that song and the modern day term would. Well, be... Well, I think that rock and roll music back then was inherently black, though. Well, it it kind of was, but it was a white man's world that he was playing in, you know. And he was writing songs about "I'm just a cowboy," and you know, like I mean, he was definitely not writing songs about Martin Luther King and you know right. dropping Haile yeah, so... Selassie, and you know, so like that song. Well, I it... imagine while he was into Thin Lizzy. He was probably thinking like solo career, like I, I like maybe use his solo career to like represent himself, which <sighs> it sounds like he did. Like the first taste I've ever had. Maybe it's it's entirely possible. I mean, I think I think <clears throat> you know, who knows? Hard to say exactly what his motivations were, but I think the term we'd use in this day and age, the slang term, is that song's about it's about being woke, staying woke. Uh, yeah, you know, oh, I was, I was living knows. on the wrong side, but now I'm here. So, yeah. So that's a that's a that's a nice burner to start off the show, and that was one that was covered by the Dirt Bombs not too long ago on their classic Ultra Glide and Black LP. So, if you, cool, yeah, I'll check that out. That's another. It's a real butt spanker, Mike. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I like the way you, like you kick out the jams on song number one. We're kicking out the jams. We're starting, in, you know, we kind of started something new this week. We, we we dove right into the songs without really much in the way of intros. So let's let's back up a little bit. I'm Mike Hogan. I'm Bob Nisinovich, Des Moines, it, Iowa. That's right. Ghost is out here tonight looking at a moon. The ghost, so Mr. We're ghost. Good. We're good. We're good. All right. Yeah, this is, here. this is episode I'm gonna 11. I'm going to Brazil. I'm going to take a, a rare venture on the show to Brazil. Fantastic. And, and play, play some Walter Wanderley, who's a, a famous organist who's no longer on the planet. But, uh, oh, come on, Ghosty, you love your Walter. <laughs> and uh, and it, it's like a really, like, he, he's most famous for his work with uh, the great Brazilian singer Astro Gilberto. Sure. He's also really famous for an instrumental version of Summer Samba, which became a huge hit. 
But if you delve deeper, like he did some really cool, freaky things. And I always find this to be like a, a great way to like settle a room and like it's just a groovy tune and uh, just an organ genius. So, nice. Nice. Yeah. Bring the mood you know. down a little after that one. Yeah. I like it. No, no I'm not going to bring it down. I'm going to bring it to it like just. It's no, just, we're gonna, I mean, gonna in a good way. A, so I'm going to set a groove. I mean, like. in a good way, Bob. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah. All right. This one's called Taste of Sadness. Walter Wanderley, Three Songs Podcast. Wanderly. Kind of fun and groovy, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I like that. That's cool. Very yeah, cool. He's a brilliant player and doing some weird weird things. No, fantastic. That's uh, you know, and it sort of reminded me some of the sounds like reminded me a little of Perry and Kingsley. Remember? Yeah. That? You know them? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, mean, we'll pro- I would imagine at some point we'll probably be busting out some Perry and Kingsley on the show. Little, little, uh, you know, barnyard in orbit or something like that. Ooh, 
that would be freaky and fun. Fun stuff, yeah. No, that's cool. I like I like it. You know, sets sets a mood. I think your your songs. Uh, I know the next one that you're gonna play. I won't I won't mention it, but uh, your songs don't divulge. My no, you're just thing. gonna say. You know that that one leads nicely into the your next one. Kind of sets a little bit of a of a chill mood. Um, so I like it. I, I like DJed it. last night. So yeah, you know yeah. Well, I'll, I'll you know I I started off with a burner, but I'll br- I'll bring things down. Um, no, you're not. Sort of to your level a little bit, you know. No, it's you know not <laughs> not not too. Uh, you know, we're not we're not going to go as uh, we're not going to keep it at the same level as that Phil Lynott tune. Which, by the way, I should mention. Um, you know who played harmonica on that song? No, I was wondering because he ripped. <laughs> it was a guy named Huey Lewis. Oh no way! Yeah, back before the news. Yeah, when he was weird. In, when he was in Clover, when. Uh, when Clover minus Huey Lewis was the backing band for uh, Elvis Costello on his first solo record or first record, my aim is true. Wow! Pre attractions, yeah. The backing band was Clover, the Huey Lewis list. Is Huey Lewis? He's alive, right? Uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Huey Lewis yeah. is he's alive, but yeah, that was that was him on harmonica. Uh, fantastic, fantastic. Huey Lewis live in the version. news, and what was his big, huge MTV hit? Oh, I want a new drug, or yeah, uh, yeah, I want a know. new. Drug. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Thank anyway, you. thank you for because like you know, I mean I know the name obviously, but still at the same time I haven't thought about it. I wanted to drug in a long time. <laughs> well, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. We won't be playing it though. Um, <laughs> instead, we'll be playing. We'll be playing another protest song from Mr. Uh, Tom Robinson, the Tom Robinson Band. Um, if you're not familiar with Tom, he was. Is he playing? Is Huey Lewis playing harmonica on this too? I don't think so, but it was around okay. the same era, late seventies, yeah. nineteen seventy-eight. So Tom Robinson was, um, he was one of the first openly gay musicians. Um, We're to, talking what year about? Nineteen seventy-eight. He was part of the punk movement, um, for lack of a better term. But it, you know, I mean, his music isn't. You you hear the music, you wouldn't think punk, but it was you know, around the time of The Clash, and he would play shows with a lot of those bands. Um, oh, being openly gay in 1978 was was very punk. Well, absolutely, absolutely. And I think that was... part of, like, the uh, modus operandi, like, pure bravery of, like, punk, like, as we know it. Right, I- exactly. I mean, I, I think that's that's part of, you know, he was always feeling like an outsider, and I think that's where he was able to... Uh, you know, find because punk is supposed to bring people in as bring all everybody in as opposed to be a divisive art form. Exactly, exactly. So, um, so anyway, he wrote a song uh, called "Glad to Be Gay," uh, and that became kind of the first gay anthem. Uh, and I think it was banned in some places. It became a chart hit in the UK. Uh, you know, it's probably. I'm uh, certainly his best known tune, and it, it, it's you know. You're near oh, perhaps him. I perhaps I should follow this up with "God Is Gay" by Frogs. But you could. I won't. You could. I won't, I won't. You should play I some frogs at some point. I know you've got some some history with frogs. So, uh, I tour manage frogs. Yeah, I'm sure there's stories there. Forty five sure minutes worth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll save that for another show because I definitely want to hear that. But I don't want. I, I do want to give. Tom Robinson, his due. Um, you definitely, know, definitely. 1978, this is a 40-year-old song nearly. Um, there weren't really other songs being written like this at the time, and certainly not so open as something like this. Uh, 
you know, and imagine at festivals, you know, the, the chorus of sing if you're glad to be gay uh, was was not the sort of thing you probably expected to hear at, at most punk rock shows. But, um, but well, there it depends you on where he was playing. Yeah, I guess. Um, you know, Go ahead but, and spin it, Mikey. All right, let's do it. This is uh, Tom Robinson Band, Glad to Be Gay, 1978, on Three Songs Podcast. This song is dedicated to work to the World Health Organization. It's a medical song and it concerns a disease whose classification according to the International Classification of Diseases is 302.0. Be that way. 
for meeting and raid all our pubs Make sure your boyfriend's at least 21 So only your friends and your brothers get done Lie to your workmates, lie to your folks Put down the Queen's tail, anti-queer jokes Gay lives ridiculous, join their laughter The buggers are legal now, what more are they after? Tom Robinson. So one very, one very, um, thank you for playing that. Sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know where to go with my response to hearing that song for the first time. It's very anthemic. It's a, uh, it's very fun. And dark too, you know. Oh, definitely dark. Yeah. But it's also presented in a very fun manner. Right. Right. And. And I'm sure that it had a huge influence on people like Jimmy Somerville from Bronski Beat and the Communards and sure. you know, Billy Bragg with his. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the way that those British protest singers introduce their songs, like, you know, they sort of define them before they start instead of going to the song, which is like maybe you felt the need to like, I think it actually probably fired them up before he played it mm-hmm. like explain explain what he was doing mm-hmm. even though like the song he actually played he, it, it didn't need any introduction no yeah. it kind of didn't <clears throat> but you know i mean i think but the it, introduction does tell you know that it was it was considered you know it was considered a, a disease you know i mean think about well, that 40 sure, years no, no. ago and, well well defined at that time as a uk disease yeah. of course in our country like at the same time during the carter administration midge costanza was you know, President Carter's advisor, like main advisor, especially in the Office of Public Liaison, and she was an openly gay woman. Yeah, and well. uh, and I mean, to get personal, my father was her deputy assistant. You know, so really? it's a big part, big part of my human experience. And I'm not going to get into that on this show, but. You know, they, they basically planned the first ever gay rights meeting in the White House at, at wow. the same, about around the same time. I don't know if Midge was listening to Tom Robinson, but if she wasn't, then she, I'm sure she would have really enjoyed it. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah, check yeah. out American Hero Midge Costanza. I will. Um, I will. Thanks for the tip. And, yeah, yeah, and then like personally, like in 1985. I think I mentioned on a previous show that I, you mentioned the cramps and I saw a cramp show in Leicester in 1985. And like mm-hmm. my whole family, my sister, Mary and myself and my parents were in another room. We we're staying in a small hotel in Leicester and we were, we were below a very wild party. There was a wild party and like me, you know, Mary and I were like wise enough to know like what a wild party was like the noises and stuff. At 17 and 19, which she was. And (laughs) 
It was crazy. What was actually going on above us was a post-tour party for the communards. Okay, oh, really? it was really full on. Yeah. Okay, and my sister couldn't sleep, and you know she whatever she's traveling around with her parents. Like she went upstairs and she said, "Hey, can you guys keep it down?" The next day in the in the breakfast room, you know, which one of the beautiful part about small British hotels is like whoever you're in the hotel with. You know, during the night, you essentially will probably eat breakfast with the next morning. So I find myself sitting across from Jimmy Somerville, and I believe the pianist's name was Richard Coles. I might be wrong there, but I'm not going to Wikipedia that. But I was like, hold on, Mary, these are enemy legends that you yelled at. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like a very, like, you know, essentially very openly gay pop act. Sure, yeah. So it's like, it funny to listen to that and know that they probably like. There's no way that Tom Robinson did not inspire those guys. Oh yeah, well sure. I mean, and, just you know. to be proud and be themselves and represent like that's one of the greatest things. About oh, Ghost is really getting fired. Ghost out. is excited. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, I mean, and and you think about how far things have come. You know, I mean, and, like back then he tells that story in the song about his friend who gets beaten up for being gay. You know, I mean, and, oh yeah, no, that like, shit's oh, yeah. very much happening every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like. I mean, and, I went to university, University of Virginia, a very controversial place at this point in yeah. current history, where you know, gay bashing is a thing, just like every public university, and like. You know, Ghost is obviously very angry about he it. He is, like, yeah. Any, anyone should be. Yeah. You know, like, you know, I don't personally understand why anybody would be ever be offended by that, you know, in 2017. And right. <laughs> right. I can understand in 1978 how they would be, but I would think in the last, like, 37 years we would have come a long way. Right. Absolutely. There are 22, actually 40 years, like you said. 40 years, you think we would have come a long way, but, like, things are just as bad as they always happen and ghost is getting really feverish about that and i want to mention that on the last show like he was uproarious like this and i had to put him in this cage yeah, yeah he isn't actually caged that means he's just going inside <laughs> his bed so yeah yeah he goes in a really sweet little kennel but uh, anyways that was beside the point um well i'm gonna play oh Oh, I'm gonna go to. I'm gonna go to. I guess like I'll stay in the same era. I guess I'll go a few years earlier. I'll play like you know probably a band to us, which is really important and really famous, and a band that we love, and a band that has been very influential on so many things that we listen to. Incredibly, generally considered one of the most influential bands of all time for a lot of reasons. Yes. Right. And I know we've mentioned them already like three or four times in referencing other songs and like. Yeah, you know, at the same time, but they're still sort of unheard. And they there's are a certain reason. There's a certain yeah. reason for that. We're talking about Can, yeah, the famous German band. I don't mean to say that like a spoiled brat, but um, <laughs> we also, you know, have lost two of their main members uh, this year. Uh, correct my pronunciation. I know, I know how to say Jackie Liebesite, the drummer, yeah. the brilliant drummer on the. Yeah, you know, one of the best, generally considered to be one of the greatest drummers of all time. Yeah, and I think this is like a good example to show that. And uh, Olger Zuke or Olger Zuke, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and this is the the album, and I don't even know how to pronounce this either. Tago Mago. Tago so that's Mago. That's always it. Yep. That's how I've always said it. Yep. That's it. Um, 
It's an album I first discovered as a whatever when I was a wee lad. And uh, this is a song called Mushroom by Can. Mr. Ghost, big big Can fan too. So here you go, Ghosty. Hopefully this will mellow you out. Mushroom. Yeah, I'll put him in. I'll All right, him. three songs pod. Here we go.
legendary can right there, mushroom. Bob, nice choice. Because you're right. You're absolutely right. That's a band that everybody's heard of and has been incredibly influential, but they were not that popular at the time, and they're not really played that often today. No, that was... One uh, of the most influential, that's a German rock. It's German rock, okay, from the early 70s. And I don't know what was going on in the early 70s, but I don't know how it all worked. It definitely was... They were definitely doing their own thing, and it, it was very good. Well, okay, sonic, so. sonically, that they, they, you know... Tell me, were they a big influence on pavement? Because it sure sounds like they were. Well, I mean, I don't know about pavement, but they were definitely a huge influence on pavement from the standpoint they were a huge influence on Stephen Malkmus. So absolutely is the answer to that. Okay. Well, and okay, I can, I can even hear it in your rhythms, too. of the songs. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and like I did a radio show with Steve in college where he would just, like, never pick a record and go in the other room and like listen to can and Faust and like he would just wig out on the fact that WTJU back then had an amazing vinyl library and he would just like go back and discover and he might pop in like once an hour and say play this it's weird you know <laughs> that's awesome that's, <laughs> that's, no, but that's like yeah no, no no they're obviously like in fact um the only time I've ever, ever actually seen Stephen write any kind of tribute to the loss of uh, any of the whatever. What are we talking about the last three years? Like 50, Yeah. you know, with the media today, like 50, like recognized artists dying was like, you know, when, when Jackie, mm -hmm. the drummer died in January, he'd met him and like he, he had, I'd say like, even like less than two years ago, like done a huge can tribute thing in Germany with a German band. And like, it was, I can't imagine what it was like for Steve. I mean, it's, it's kind of fun for me to think of Steve in a situation where he's actually intimidated yeah, by like playing with playing the music of his heroes so yeah, no, huge influence on him and huge influence on a lot of bands like Sure. Yeah, the fall, like I am Domo Suzuki. Like yeah. this is a guy that like, you know, joined the band for that album. You right. know, like a Japanese dude. Right. Like they were so freaky otherworldly. Right. Right. And like at the at the same time that they were doing what they were doing, of course we had like influential bands that are also unheralded, obviously the Velvet Underground and their whole branch of amazing influence, but there, Can is often referred to as like one of the most influential rock bands of all time. That was because they were, you know, they were strange. And if you think about the lyrical thing going on in that song, Mushroom, I, th I think that like at least Damo, the singer, was just like tripping. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know what was going on, to be honest. But Well, you know, I mean, German band with a Japanese singer singing in English. I mean, right there, that's yeah, a recipe like, for. He's like, like, and like when he actually pours out his heart, he's singing, "I'm gonna get my death, I'm gonna get my despair." But he's yeah. saying, "I'm gonna get my despair." Right. You know, and uh, and basically, it's like when I saw Mushroom Head. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was born and I was dead. So, like, I don't know what was going on there, but something, something heavy for sure. But yeah, it's heavy vibes, heavy vibes. Yeah. So.
it's a fantastic tune and and yeah uh so thank you uh big can yeah. fan myself and i also thank you because you may not have realized it but during the instrumental break there's there was just a pause and you punctuated it before the music started back up you punctuated it by opening a, a can of beer i believe yeah yeah i got my i got two cans left <laughs> so thank you for that that was perfect timing um <laughs> all right well well my just another loki lucky stroke yeah no, no, nothing's an accident here bob uh so this the show is not for the faint-hearted no it's not it's not and here's here's a song not for the faint-hearted uh i'm gonna i'm gonna play a tune by phil oaks um whoa another protest singer uh very famous protest singer back in the day back when it's mostly what he did absolutely yeah you like know he's but, actually like there's no accidental protest with this guy because I think he just like pretty much wrote protest songs. Yeah, I mean later later he kind of didn't, you know. Later he moved away from it. Actually, he uh, "Pleasures of the Harbor" is a very beautiful record that that ha- doesn't really have much in the way of protest songs, and it's kind of his. Uh, for me, it's his magnum opus. Um, it's it's more than just you know. Early on, he was just a folk singer. He was like another. Bob Dylan type, you know, contemporary of Dylan. I think Dylan was a fan of his and, and appreciated his approach as well. Um, but yeah, Pleasures of the Harbor, and even after that, he started kind of moving away. Rehearsals for Retirement, um, which I believe is the album that includes a song that Squirrel Bait later covered called Taped California. He eventually, you know, he kind of moved away from Good some move the, by them. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a fantastic song, both his version and their version. Um, but yeah, early Maybe on. Just a snip of that. A snip of that after uh, the song. Um, his version? Can you pull it up? No, the Squirrel Bait uh, Oak song. Um, yeah, can I'll, snip I'll, that? I can I can see if I can snip at that while we're while we're talking. Well, I don't but, want to ruin your enjoyment of the song. No, not at all. El Paso guy. Like how many like in like bless his heart, he'll you know he only lasted for like 35 or 36 years. Right. Know? Right. Yeah. No, I know. I mean that, and that's the thing. Like he, he was not around for very long. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he lived hard, which is why he wasn't around for very long. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I think he was a bit tortured and early on, you know, he, he, he wrote songs, you know, like about being a liberal and I'm not marching anymore was the name of one of his albums. And it's actually the name of the album of, of the song that I'm going to play comes from, um, but you know, yeah, early on he was definitely much more political, um, and then kind of moved away a little bit here. Here's a, here's a, a snippet of the squirrel bait tune. Um, oh yeah, there you go. Whoa, you're quick. Yeah. All right, yeah, that's that's just yeah, just Louisville, a taste. Louisville, eighty five. Louisville, eighty five. Yeah, sixteen year old kids, sixteen year old punks, um, who I were eighty four actually. Yeah, who were um, Phil Oaks fans? So uh, go figure. Um, but that, uh, yeah, that that's a uh, you know, I think a lot of people listening to the show might know the Squirrel Bait version, might not even realize that that was a cover, and Phil Oaks was the one who wrote that originally. So I'm going to play one much earlier. It's from 64. I believe 
uh, Taped California was written in 1970. This was back when he was in full-on folk phase, and this is this is a... We did protest song. Last time I did one of these, uh, Mississippi Goddamn by Nina Simone. This is another full-on protest song about the state of Mississippi. In fact, it's called Here's to the State of Mississippi by Phil Oaks from 1964. You're not, you're not messing around. I'm not messing around. We're, we're, not messing Mississippi's going to be pissed at me after this one. Here you go. <laughs> Bring them on. Yeah. Here's to the state of Mississippi For underneath her borders the devil draws no line If you drag her muddy rivers, nameless bodies you will find Oh, the fat trees of the forest have hit a thousand crimes The calendar is lying when it reads the present time Oh, the land you've torn out the heart of Mississippi find yourself another country to be part of and here's to the people of Mississippi who say the folks up north they just don't understand and they tremble in the shadows at the thunder of the clan Oh, the sweating of their souls can wash the blood from off their hands For they smile and shrug their shoulders at the murder of a man Oh, here's to the land you've torn out the heart of Mississippi, find yourself another country to be part of And here's to the schools of Mississippi Where they're teaching all the children that they don't have to care All the rudiments of hatred are present everywhere And every single classroom is a factory of despair And there's nobody learning such a foreign word as fair Oh, here's to the land You've torn out the heart of Mississippi Find yourself another country to be part of And here's to the cops of Mississippi They're chewing their tobacco as they lock the prison door and their bellies bounce inside them when they knock you to the floor No, they don't like taking prisoners in their private little wars And behind their broken badges, there are murderers and more Oh, here's to the land, you've torn out the heart of Mississippi, find yourself another country to be part of To the judges of Mississippi Who wear the robe of honor As they crawl into the court And they're guarding all the bastions Of their phony legal fort Oh, justice is a stranger When the prisoners report When the black man stands accused The trial is always short Oh, here's 
to the land You've torn out the heart of Mississippi Find yourself another country to be part of And here's to the government of Mississippi In the swamp of their bureaucracy They're always bogging down And criminals are posing as the mayors of the towns And they hope that no one sees the sights and no one hears the sounds And the speeches of the governor are the ravings of a clown Oh, here's to the land you've torn out the heart of Mississippi, find yourself another country to be part of And here's to the laws of Mississippi Congressmen will gather in a circus of delay While the Constitution's drowning in an ocean of decay Unwed mothers should be sterilized, I've even heard them say Yes, corruption can be classic in the Mississippi way Oh, here's to the land You've torn out the heart of Mississippi Find yourself another country to be part of And here's to the churches of Mississippi Where the cross once made of silver Now is caked with rust And the Sunday morning sermons pander to their lust Oh, the fallen face of Jesus is choking in the dust And heaven only knows in which God they can trust Whoa, here's to the land you've torn out the heart of Mississippi, find yourself another country to be part of No mincing words there, huh, Bob? Well, that was uh, for Trent Lott and a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, have you been, much, been to Mississippi much? I haven't much, no. I've, been, I've only been to the South a little bit, Louisiana. Uh, I've never even been to Kentucky, believe it or not. Well, I lived in Starkville for six months. Yeah. And then I've been all around that blues country, Clarksdale, Alabama, all those, all those boring places. It's, it's way better than... Alabama, that's way worse. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like faint praise, yeah. man. Well, it's faint. You know, Mississippi's a glorious state in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I there, think there are there are there are some redeemable parts of the state. I know? think what Phil was singing about there was no, no, was no, a little bit no, of no, a. No, 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 I'm not going to disagree with Phil. Institutional, on premise, you know? yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, anyway, some of which is perhaps still going on, but hopefully we've made some improvements in the last fifty some odd years since Phil Oaks wrote that song. Oh, I think I think song. we had yeah. until the last until yeah. the last whatever yeah. but, six, uh, <laughs> eight months, ten months. Yeah. Again, this is a this is a music show, you know. Right. We're gonna play some protest music, but we won't get too much into the protests themselves. Uh, there's time enough for that elsewhere. So. Yeah, yeah but, but we're also we're also not we can, but like. We're also not going to do that uh, because we can, yeah. you know, sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, 
one, you know, I hate to, I hate to be that vague, but I'm right. not going to make. I mean, right. I'd, be, I'd be happy to make like politically charged com- right. comments, but, right? Well, I I, I brought that song. I think the song the speaks for itself. Exactly, yeah. because the song speaks for itself, and and you know, I mean, Phil was such a great lyricist and such a, and a great cutting, singer. Great yes, singer. Great singer. Great songwriter. Such a cutting lyricist. I mean, the the lyrics of that song. They don't mince words, that's for sure. So direct, nor, nor does Tom Robinson. Yeah, yeah. And I could not hear, I could not hear Phil Linet's words as well as yeah. I would have liked. But I mean, you know, well, when you bring three protest songs, you don't mess around, mate. Yeah. And like, <laughs> you know, I think the reason why you're listening to them and loving them is because you know you're a nervous, anxious person about your own country in 2017, which is a uh, reasonable way to think, you know, a little, so. yeah, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll, let's, uh, let's pivot. Let's pivot. I'm going to uh, take us back. I gotta, yeah. A good word pivot. We haven't used the word pivot enough, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to take us back to the current era for yeah. one. Nice. Uh, this is a band that formed in 2012 from, I believe they're from the Washington DC area. Uh, really Some good f- protest bands from DC. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't even get into that. I think yeah. they have their own label, but Discord Records actually releases their material. Speaking of now. protest, you know, I mean, come on. Yeah. So, anyways, this band is called Priests, and like I haven't had the chance to see them live, but they're current and they're out there and they're doing great stuff. And what I've seen from like live videos are even better live. And this is a, a song off. You know, it's actually a deep track, I think, on, on their last album, which I don't have in front of me at the time. Well, maybe I can find it. That's cool. Uh, yeah, it's it's by a band from D.C. called Priest, and the song is called Lilia 20. Okay, let's check it. Very hooky. I know you love your hooks. I do love my hooks. All right. Uh, and this is new to me. Uh, this will be the first time I've heard it, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, you're going to get... You're gonna, you're gonna hear a nice hook. Good. All right. Thanks, Bob. Let's check it out. Priests, three songs podcast.
priests. It's cool. Yeah, so to me, like, support the power of women. The kids are all right. The kids are all right. So the kids, like, so we played five artists tonight before the priests. Yep. Right, who are, are sadly, for the most part, long gone. Well, Tom Robinson's okay, so, still around, actually. He's the he's well, thank God the, for yes. that. Tom Tom actually has a show on the BBC, I believe. So cool. Tom, yeah, cool. check that out. Yeah. check that out. But yes, otherwise you're right. You're right. A That's lot off of, of. I mean, that was perhaps released the day that Jackie Liebesite from from Can died, which is January of 2017, off their album "Nothing Feels Natural" by Priest. And. There's powerful kids out there, and they're doing great stuff. So, I like so that. that's my yeah. know, expressing some faith in the current generation of kids doing music. The kids are all right. Yeah, no, I like that. That's good. Good stuff. I haven't I haven't heard them, but uh, it's going to make me uh, dig a little bit into their discography. So I appreciate that, Bob. That's that's what the show's it's all about. It's a brief discography because they were only formed in 2012. It's okay. A couple of seven inches. That album's really good. Nothing feels natural. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's what yeah. this show's about. It's about new new sounds. Check yeah. them out live on the YouTube. Okay. Like, that's a show that, that we're probably not going to see because you don't go out and I live in Des Moines, <laughs> but... <laughs> you never know. You never know. So, like, our live concert experience at this point is reduced to essentially, like, watching YouTube videos and pretending we're there, so... <laughs> oh bob you make it sound so glamorous <laughs> no it's really good i'll be going to see uh courtney barnett and kurt vile up in minneapolis on october 26th i'm psyched about that nice you have to report back we'll have yeah. to plan around uh the show recording for that too but uh but that thanks this was a fun one uh i didn't realize we were going to record tonight so it was a little bit uh a little impromptu but i liked it turned out to be a good show and we got another uh, one coming I up hope in, so. in a I few hope days so. yeah. yeah i hope everyone listening hope you liked it thanks for listening uh, we're into the double digits now this is show 11 i uh, enjoyed it yeah we'll have it we'll have another one soon and uh I'm gonna I'm gonna start you know I'm gonna keep bringing the themes maybe not protest songs every time but I'm gonna try and bring themes you can play along or not it kind of it kind of shows how you organize your thoughts which is kind of cool <sighs> yeah well you know it's like I've got so I'm much the sporadic music. guy and yeah. you're the organized guy well I got so much music and it's like what do I how how do I even get my head around what I want to bring next show you know that's well so themes Lord help knows me. I really I really enjoy listening to your music. Same here, Bob. And uh, soon, yeah. I think uh, one of the th- one of the themes I'm going to do is uh, favorite songs Bob Nastanovich plays on. But no, I don't do that. We'll, we'll save that for later. I'll get a, I'll get another host for that one. <laughs> maybe maybe that's when you're going to be on tour. I'll drop that one. Uh, I'll just have ghosts growling into the <laughs> iPod. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you, sir. A pleasure as always, and thank you everyone right. for listening. Yeah.